Road to Life. We love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with Pastor Mike Shepline, and we're going to hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the Word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit RoadToLifeChurch.com, and we'll see you next week. How many of you are ready for Thanksgiving? How many of you Thursday afternoon go comatose? How many of you know what I'm saying? You just kind of drool a little bit and fall asleep or whatever. Anyway, um, I want to teach on something today. Um, You'll see where I'm going, but it's not your traditional Thanksgiving message. But I want to talk about guarantees. How many of you like guarantees from a natural perspective in in your life? And let's just have an honest moment. In regard to when I bring up the term guarantee, who is cashed in on a guarantee? And the reason that it didn't last or it broke was your fault. How many of you know what I'm saying? Okay, look, do not leave me hanging. Don't tell me you are all the Virgin Mary. Okay, how many of you have cashed in on a guarantee and it wasn't their fault, but it broke, but they, and I'm not saying you were deviant. I'm not saying you did, but what it was is that you weren't deceptive, but it, the, the guarantee was just this huge blanket thing. And so it broke and it was like, well, I kind of maybe, but they're going to replace it. So I'll just bring it back. How many of you have done that? Come on. Okay. This is terrible. I know there's more people. We got one honest guy in the house and I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you a story. (laughs) Um, When I was in my twenties and after my wife and I had gotten married, I bought a used van. I started my business and I needed a vehicle, uh, another vehicle, and and I bought a used, it was an old van from my dad, and it had a gazillion miles on it. And I bought it from him, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, this is a step up. And there was just one problem with it, and that was at the front end was wore out. It was wore out. And so you say, what do you mean by it was wore out? About every 15 to 20,000 miles, didn't matter what tire I put on it, the insides of the tires would wear bald and would start showing the cables. How many of you know what I'm saying? The steel, how many of you have driven cars showing cables? You know what I'm saying? And so I would be like, well, look, it's a four ply. That's only the first ply showing. How many of you know what I'm saying? How many of you have thought like that? Be honest. Okay, you guys are like just not even participating with me today. Online, you can go ahead and raise your hand. The ones in the room are not participating with me today. So you can do it there. And so what happened is, is they opened up this new tire store in town. This was Oceanside, California, and it was a national chain. And what they did is they advertised that if you bought this certificate for like five bucks, that they would guarantee that your tire would last as long as the manufacturer said it would last. And if it didn't, as long as you had your certificate, you could bring it back and they would replace it for free. Oh, how many of you are with me on that? Where do you think I went? I drove my van over there. I need two tires. They put two tires on. Great to have you. You know what I'm saying? About 15, 20,000 miles later, I'm like, I got cables showing. I'm going back. I went back and they looked at it and they thought, sure enough, they put two more new tires on it. (laughs) About 15, 20,000 miles later, Sure enough, I went back. They said, 
Okay, we'll put two more new tires. Now I'm on six tires. Now, how many of you think I was a bad boy in doing that? Don't put your hand up. You didn't lift your hand for anything else. Don't put your hand up for that. (laughs) And so I remember they honored it. And then the next time I went back, they looked at me and they said, we've had a policy change. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean a policy change? They said, your car is wore out. And you, it's not our tires that are the problem. It's your car. I said, but your guarantee says, they said, we know, but now we've changed it. And we've changed our guarantee. And there is a policy change. Let me just say this to you. God doesn't change what he promises in our life. He doesn't change it. He doesn't change what he promises in our life. God has promises. Let me ask you a question. Does God do what he says? Okay. I was was okay. I said, does God do what he says? God does what he says. God has promises, or maybe we'll call them guarantees, and, and we don't work to get them in our life, but what we do is we work with him, and we allow him to change our beliefs, especially when they're in opposition to a promise or a guarantee in our life, in our here and in our now. Some people act like, oh, I got I to gotta work to earn what God has. No, you don't work. Jesus already earned it. But what we've got to realize is this, is very simply, when you talk about our will, our will calls to what we live in unless we allow God to begin to change the way that we think and the way that we believe. Because God can come through in an area, but if our thinking and our belief system doesn't change, our will will call us back to that thing and we'll need it again. How many of you know what I'm saying? And so when we talk about God's promises and God's guarantee is he's not seeking to disqualify us, but he's seeking to qualify us. In a world that is fickle, God is faithful. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, if you've ever heard anybody refer to Hebrew um, or talk about the, um, the hero of faith chapter, is it is Hebrews chapter 11. And you say, what do you mean? Hebrews chapter 11 lists all of these people that God made promises to in their life and they inherited those promises or those guarantees. They inherited them and they finished well. And I want to read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. And this is a verse before he actually begins to kick it off and list all of their names. And it's directed to us. It says in Hebrews eleven six. 6, it says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Another word for faith is trust. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe the first thing is that God exists. And number two, that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Notice the statement, when I come to God, God said, you got to believe two things about me. You've got to believe these. He said, if you don't believe these, all of these people that I'm going to list, they believe these things. But if you don't believe these two things, it's going to impact. Number one, that I exist. you got to believe. You're not going to come to me unless you believe that I exist. And number two, that I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. We serve a God that is a rewarder. 
He's a rewarder. You want to know what God wants to do with your life? He wants to make us so free that the stuff of this world doesn't screw us up and then bless us and provoke the world around us to jealousy because he has our heart, not the stuff around us having our heart. And it provokes them to say, oh my gosh, you're happy, you're fulfilled, you're not up and down, you're not, it doesn't mess with your head or mess with your heart. Let me just throw this question out again. Does God do what he says? Yes. yes. Whenever we talk about the word bless or the word promise or the word, we, we're using the word guarantee, we inevitably see a theme and it's the word faithful. Everybody say faithful. And, and I'm not talking about God. We know God is faithful, but it transposes over to me. Look at what it says and I'm going to read it out of two translations, but in Proverbs 28, verse 20, this is a New King James, it says that a faithful man, that's a person, that's just mankind, it's not the, the male, but it's everybody. It says, a faithful person, now look at this, will abound with blessings. Now look at the word, it's not blessing, it's blessings, plural. But the person who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Now, I want you to notice in our English language, when you hear the word faithful, we primarily think of, when you say, oh, that person is faithful, we think of the word reliable. How many of you know what I'm saying? We think of the word they show up. We think that's what we think of in our, in our life. But look at what it says in Proverbs 28, verse 20. And it actually extrapolates that word faithful and gives us a deeper dimension. But it says, this is the Amplified. It says, a faithful, and then it says, right-minded person will abound with blessings. But he or she who hurries to be rich will not go unpunished. It's almost, it's like a sowing and a reaping verse. It's talking about money, but it translates into every area of our life. Remember the word blessings, not blessing. He said that a faithful person, or if we could take it, if we could just back up and, and say a right-minded person, he said that they're going to abound in blessings. Look at the word blessings, plural. And I want everybody right now on this Sunday morning, as you're sitting here, to define to yourself right now, is, is, is to stop and to say, right now in my life, what is my greatest need that I currently have right now? It could be finances. You say it could be your greatest need, but it might be relational. It might be, oh, you know, I, I need a relationship healed or, or I need this or I need that relational. It might be peace in your mind where you just say, you know, I'm just not, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out. I, I just need peace in my life. It might be getting over something that has happened over this past year or even recently or far back. It could be very, it could be something to you of breaking free of a habit or an addiction or something that has limited you in your life. You can, you can define it. I want you to just write down, maybe jot it down, do more than just mentally, but just jot it down. And then now what I want you to do is I want you to look at the word faithful. God said that if I'll get this thing faithful in my life, I will abound in blessing in this area of my greatest need. 
right now. He said, if I will, I'm not earning it. Remember the Amplified says it's, it means to be right-minded. But I want, to just, I want to define the difference because we as Americans, when we hear the word faithful, we think of reliable. And I, I want to be clear, faithful is reliable. Reliable just simply means that you can count on me to show up. And that is, that is good. That's good. But faithful is I not only show up, but God said that I'm right-minded once I show up. That once I show up, you say, how do I get a promotion at work? Well, you need to be reliable. Are you with me? You have to be reliable. But then when you show up, you have to be right-minded when you show up, and it will affect if you're blessed in your workplace. You say, I want my marriage or my relationship with this person to be blessed. Okay, good. You need to be reliable in that relationship, but then you need to be right-minded in that relationship as well so that you can inherit the blessing that God has for your life. You say, I need to break free of this addiction or this habit or this struggle. Okay, you need to show up to God and say, God, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be reliable and I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, do the spiritual things that I need to be, but then you need to adjust my thinking in order to embrace it. See, faithful is not just show up, but God said it's right-minded once I show up. My thinking, my attitude, and my actions are connected to reliable. They're connected to reliable. That's what God says faithful is. And it, it, what, it's a reflection of something bigger than just showing up. Realize that if we're going to be blessed by God, we got to do more than just show up. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. If we're going to be blessed by God, we got to do more than just show up. We, we got to do more than just, don't get me wrong. Reliable is good, but reliable alone won't cause my life to abound with blessings. It won't cause it. It is important. I need to be reliable. But in Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about the way that God's kingdom works. And one of the, one of the ways that, that God assesses us in entrusting us with more. How many of you want to be entrusted with more? I want to be entrusted, and I want to just read it. Jesus is explaining to his followers in Matthew 25, verse 14. Again, Jesus is another's whole 25th chapter is Jesus explaining the way that God's kingdom works. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a person going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Now, how many of you think, us Michiganders, would think, you know what? This guy is going to the Virgin Islands in sometime around December. How many of you know what I'm saying? And he's getting ready, he's going to the Caribbean, and he calls his servants together, and he entrusts them with his money while he was gone. Verse 15, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Now look at this, dividing in proportion to their ability. So God looks at my ability and it, none of us are set. We can increase our ability and our capacity. But God looks at my ability to handle what I'm doing and where I'm at. And it determines what he pours into my life. How am I handling it? 
And then look at what it says. He then left on a trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant who, with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Notice the statement. The first guy was an investor. Do we have any investors? You know what I'm saying? He's like, I know where to invest. He invests. The next guy it described, and I'm not, you know, I'm just looking at it. It says that he went to work. We could say this guy's a blue collar guy, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Verse 18. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, now remember, we're, we're contemporizing it to Michigan, and so we could readily say that he, he's, he's, his, the master is he's down there on the Virgin Islands sometime around May. He said, I'm brown enough. It's warming up back where I want to go, and so I'm heading back, and he comes back, and I'm just going to, it doesn't say it, but I'm going to say it. He th- comes back sometime in May, and it says, the servant whom he had entrusted, this is verse 20, the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done. Now look at this statement. My good, and there's that word, faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. So now, now look at this. I will give you many more responsibilities. See, God calls blessing responsibility. That's what he calls it. Blessing is responsibility in my life. God says that, you know what, I'm going to bless you. Now you're responsible. And now I need you to be faithful with that. Now look at verse 22. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, well done. Here's the words again. My good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more. There it is, responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Verse 26, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Verse 28, then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. Now look at what it says in verse 29. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what they, even the little that they have will be taken away. Now, what I want you to notice is this. First thing is this. All three servants were reliable. They were all reliable. They all showed up. But Jesus said only two of them were faithful. He said only two of these servants were faithful. If you think about it, is the third servant, he didn't steal. He showed up. 
but he didn't apply and, and grow in what he was entrusted to because his thinking was wrong. His thinking was wrong. I wonder how many of us today think we can't get ahead in life because of something outside, because of fear in our life, because of the economy, because of the lot that we've been dealt in life, because of God is saying, excuse me, but I am with you. And what I need you to do is adjust your thinking to a thinking and a mentality. See, faithfulness is an attitude first and it is actions second. We, what we do is we say, oh, faithfulness is action first. No, it is actions, but it is an attitude first. Attitude of I'm a servant and I will do the best that I can with what I have because I've been entrusted with it and I know that God will bless it in my life. I, I'm self-motivated. I'm proactive. This is an attitude. This is a heart within us. Actions is I do what I say when I say I'm going to do it and I go above and beyond. Let me tell you, if we have that kind of a spirit, realize this, God is going to take your two and he's going to multiply it to four. He's going to take your four and multiply it to eight. God is going to take your eight and he's going to multiply it to 16. And the reason is, is because I'm right-minded. Being faithful has more to do with the way that I think where I'm at than it does with anything else in my life. Yes, I must be reliable. Yes, I must I must show up, but that is not all that it is. God wants his people to prosper, to abound with blessing, and to, be, and to move forward. And what my goal is today, to set all of us up for the blessing of God on our life. Amen. That's my goal. Set us up. We all agreed. Every one of us agreed that God's faith, that his word is true. Are y'all with me? Well, less people. Is God's word true? God, if God's word is true, then we have to stop and say, okay, God, re realize, I realize when I stand up here, I understand that emergencies happen in our life, but they're rare. You know, when you're a pastor, people come to you and they're, I get them all the time at more than once a month, um, employers that go here and they say, pastor Mike, I need a, I need a couple good workers or I need this or I need that. And they said, can you refer me to somebody? And I'm like, hmm. if I, I, let me just be super honest. I have referred people that I knew were super, super good workers. But if I don't know, then I just simply say, I don't really know. I don't know, but I know they're looking. So I don't really know. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I remember this, this, um, <laughs> I referred this person and they came back to me two weeks later and they said the first week in that first five-day period, it says, they said they showed up late, like 15 minutes late one day. And I'm old school. Are you with me? Yeah. So, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know. And then the next week they said they came in and they showed up one day late and they had to get off a little early one day. And they said to me, what do you think I should do? They're asking me, do you know what, it, you, have, have you ever seen somebody thrown under a bus? <laughs> Pastor Mike said to fire you. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm church. I, I, I just looked and I said, well, I, 
I'd encourage you, do whatever you do with everybody else. Have the same standard with everybody else. Don't, are you guys all with me? Okay, look. Go like this to the person next to you. Just go like this. Just say, loosen up. Just go like that. Just say, loosen up. He is not talking about us. He's talking about people we know. How many of you know what I'm saying? How many, how many of you are with me? Look at, what it's, look at what it says in Colossians 3, verse 22. It says, servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not only when their, eye, not only when their eyes are on you as pleasers of men, but in simplicity of purpose, and then the Amplified defines it, with all your heart, because of your reverence for the Lord and as a sincere expression of your devotion to him. Whenever, whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul, that's the core of your being, as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty, this is a guarantee, that it is from the Lord and not from men that you will receive the inheritance, which is your real reward. The one whom you are actually serving is the Lord Christ, the Messiah. Now look at verse 25. For he who deals, or she, whoever, who deals wrongfully will reap the fruit of their folly and be punished for their wrongdoing. And with God, there is no partiality. No matter what a person's position may be, whether they are a slave or free, what I want you to notice is this, and I'm just going to bring it right down to the road. If you are a whopper flipper, be the best whopper flipper they've ever seen in that place. Come on. You say, why? Because God says a faithful person will abound with blessings. Well, he's just a flipping whopper. This isn't what I'm called to do. I'm not called to flip whoppers. I'm called to be the president. Awesome. God's going to start you flipping whoppers and check the attitude there. He's going to check it. Do I work as unto the Lord with all of my heart from my soul, right-minded attitude? Or is it just when people are watching me? Just God says, you know, I just want to let you know, your reward comes from me. I see it all. I see it all. And understand, you, you're saying, you're, you see my promise that I'm gonna, you're going to bound with blessings. You see my promise that I want to bless your life. He said, I absolutely do. But what I need you to bring to the table is a will that agrees with my will. Yeah. A heart that agrees. And it's in attitude and in my actions. Are you with me? Yeah. You know that the, um, the greatest system of blessing that God has, has set up in the earth is the system of sowing and reaping. It is the greatest blessing. What does it mean? That if I do the right thing with a right heart. Now, let me just break this down. You're saying, gosh, I just need a miracle in my marriage. Oh, I just need a miracle in my finances. Oh, I just need a miracle in this area. Realize this, to stop and to say, God, I believe that you're over my life and I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be right-minded. I'm going to have the right spirit, the right attitude in my actions. And I know that you're going to bless me. 
I know that you're going to bless me. And, you know, you, you think <laughs> recently, how much time? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can I tell you a story, and then I'll get to my points really quick. <laughs> I love, how many of you love hardware stores? Put your hand up. You know what I'm saying? Like Home Depot, Lowe, you know, the big ones that got all the stuff. I love those stores. And sometimes I'll t- say to my wife, it's our date night. I'll be like, baby, you want to go check out Lowe's or Home Depot? Or whatever? She's like, not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I went in there and I needed to buy something. And I'm not going to tell you which one. I, w- I needed to buy something. And I went in and, and, um, and they didn't have it. But they said, it should be on the truck tomorrow. And then the guy said this to me. And let me just throw this out here. This guy spoke broken English and wasn't very, um, he came from another country, but super nice, really. He looked at me and he said this. He said, give me your phone number and I will call you when it gets in and I will put your name on it and set it aside. I haven't even bought it yet. And I, now, I'll be honest with you, I thought, Doubt it. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's bad. Do you know that the next day, that guy called me. And he said, Mike, it is in. And like I told you, I have pulled one aside. I have put your name on it. When would you like to come and get it? This is, I I was like, oh my gosh. You know what I did? I went into the store. I shook his hand, and I looked at him, and I said this. You're going to manage this store. You're going to manage it. With that attitude that you have, I'm just going to tell you, you're going to excel. We have to have that kind of a spirit. we got to have that kind of a heart. And, And we're saying, God, why aren't you blessing me? And God is like, excuse me, you don't understand the word faithful. If you understand the word faithful, it's more than showing up. It's showing up with an attitude that I do what I do to the best of my ability. I'm motivated, I'm teachable, and I'm willing to grow and to accept more responsibility in my life. Are you with me? Are you with me? Four thoughts as the team comes up. Four thoughts that positively affect faithfulness and blessing in our life. And I'm going to go quick. Number one is this, is God has a plan and he navigates the big picture, which always looks different than how I see right now. He has a big plan. He has a big plan and he's navigating. It's big picture. You say, what's big picture? God sees next week. God sees next month. God sees next year. God sees five years. God sees 10 years. God sees 50 years. God sees 100 years. God sees when you're gone and your kids are living on the earth and he's navigating everything accordingly and I got to trust him. I have to trust him. I got to say, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know, this is, look at, with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Look at how he started. He said, we know, we've got confidence that whatever's going on in your life right now, God's going to fit it into a plan. 
He's going to fit it. He's going to fit it. Look at verse 29. Verse 29. For those whom he foreknew and loved, he chose beforehand. He also predestined them to be conformed in the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete, now look at that word, sanctification. God says, you're going to go through stuff that's going to sanctify you. You're going to go through stuff that's going to cook your flesh a little bit or a lot. How many of you know what I'm saying? But he said, you got to realize I got a plan. I got a plan. I want to bless you. I'm going to bless you, but you got to be faithful. Number two is this is believe God sees. I mean, really, he sees. God sees everything, and he's a blesser. God is a blesser. He sees everything. You know, let me just throw, give this little bit of advice. Never make a big decision on a terrible day because we'll make terrible decisions on terrible days sometimes. How many of you know what I'm saying? Number three is this. I must be open to see roots that are affecting my fruits. I've got to be open to see the root. You know, as we read the parable of the talents, remember the statement, he entrusted according to their ability. God could see inside what they could handle. He could see it. And so to stop and to say, Lord, I'm open. I'm open. Number four is this, is he's in charge of timetables and I must trust that. I've got to trust that. God, you're in charge of the timetables over my life, and I trust you. How many of you found God just worked too slow? Be honest. I'm, I'm just gonna be super honest. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, God, what is going on? Are, you know what I'm saying? Galatians chapter six, verse nine says, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we don't give in. Sometimes God's a little slow. I want to just close with sharing this story. Um, you know, as a pastor, and I've been a pastor now for, gosh, almost 30 years. Love people. Is I've probably seen and heard every story that you can possibly imagine. Just lots of stories. But I'm reminded, and this is a big one, of, you know, when you talk about the topic of marriage, you might be sitting here right now and you're just saying, I want to get married. Go ahead, lift your hand up and everybody will look around and they'll, you know what I'm saying? Oh, me too. We'll meet afterwards. Get a coffee. <laughs> uh, and I'm reflecting on two girls. Shouldn't have said girls. I should have said two people. Two girls <laughs> that really, really, really wanted to get married. And one of them compromised in order to get married. And the guy was a believer. I mean, you know what I'm saying? The guy was a believer. But she was so hungry. And the other one said, I'm not going to compromise. I really, I'm going to be open. You know what I'm saying? And you could tell they were both looking because they had a line in the water. How many of you are with me on that? And, but it was like, I'm going to be. And the one waited and realized this that marriage is the second most important decision you will make in your life. It's the second most important. It will affect everything. It'll affect God's plan for your life. It'll affect everything. Yes. It will affect everything. And, and the other one waited, married, right? And I mean, it's like, 
Huge, major, major difference looking at him. Just like, oh my gosh, heartbreak. You know, I know the parents of both of them. Heartbreak. But realize this, God is a blesser. Say that with me. Say, God, he's a blesser. And he guarantees to bless my life. All I need to do is to bring faithfulness to the table. I need to show up with a good attitude, work from my heart, willing to grow, do whatever it takes, and do what I say. And if I'll cultivate that, watch out. God is good. Stand up if you would. Now, if I were to say, I'm just going to be really honest with you. I wish I could stand up here and say that my attitude was always right. I wish I could say that, but it's not. But then again, I would venture to say, there's nobody in this room that your attitude is always right. How many of you know what I'm saying? But it's what I do when I realize it's wrong. Do I justify it or do I adjust it, recognizing that he's over my life? He's over my life. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. God, we're here today. We can clearly see. You said in your word that you give us freely all things to enjoy. That you desire to bless us. Lord, you've given us all these promises and guarantees in your word. And that, Lord, really, our level of satisfaction in life many times is directly connected to us experiencing what you've promised in our life. And Lord, we just come before you as a people. And Lord, we invite you. Lord, we, we want to go deeper. We know that we're going to heaven, or most of us do, but Lord, we want to experience heaven on earth. We want to experience your prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we bring our lives before you and we invite you. Help us. Lord, help us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you're here and you've never given your heart to Christ. God wants to reach out, touch you, lift you, help you. The Bible is really clear. Sin has separated us from God. Not because God wanted to be separated from us, but it's automatic. But then he sent Jesus to pay for our sins so that we could be reunited. And the only way we're reunited, Jesus said it like this, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one makes it to the Father except through me. That is not because God's exclusionary. That's because there's only one person that is qualified to pay for your and my sins. And you're here today, and you've never given your heart to the Lord. You've never given your life to the Lord. Right now, Jesus is using me to reach out to you because he loves you. But only you can respond back to him. If that is you, on the count of three, I want you to just say, that's me. And today, I choose Jesus. And I want you to lift your hand up. We're all going to pray together. But you say, that's me, and I know it. That's you. One, two, three. Lift your hand to the Lord. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes.
I want to lead us in this prayer. Say this with me. Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I give you my heart and the rest of my life. Help me, God, to follow you. I'm inviting you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.